Medical information obtained from our website or the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If your pet has or you suspect they might have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of All Paws Pet Talk, this radio show, or their sponsors. Talk on All Paws Pet Talk Radio with me, your host, Deborah Wolf. If you'd like to see or hear more of me, go to DebraWolfOnline.com. Thought I'd get that out of the way because we have a full lineup today and I've got a little bit of news here and there, pet news. I want to remind you all to please don't leave your dogs in the car, not even for a second, not even to go to the bank machine. Just don't do it. Two police dogs died last week because they were left alone in cars that weren't properly rigged up. So if the police can make this mistake, so can you. Don't do it. Don't leave your kids in cars either. All right, so we're going to move along, and we're going to talk to Janine Berger. She's from Hoboken, New Jersey. It's probably hot enough there to hurt a dog in a car, but it certainly is out here where I'm calling in from, in Vancouver, British Columbia. And I know a huge part of the United States is suffering from fires and heat waves, and just don't put your pooch in that position. I know he wants to go with you, but if he knew how hot it was going to get in the car... He'd tell you to leave him at home. All right, Janine, welcome to the show. Hi, Jeff. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I was looking online and I saw Twigo Tags. Am I pronouncing that right? You are. Okay. Uh, together we go. Together we oh, go. Nice. It's kind of an acronym. <laughs> so, oh, I get it. Okay. But not in the heat. So, So so tell us about Twigo Tags, Together We Go Tags. Sure. Um, uh, Twigo is a, um, it's an all-silicone pet ID tag that is instantly personalizable with a ballpoint pen. You just write, boil, and wear. It self-attaches. So then when it's on the um, pet's collar, there's no sound. So no jingling or jangling. Oh, um, that's interesting because the dangling, see, I have tags for all the dogs who come to my kennel and they're acrylic and we write their names just like you say with Sharpies on the back. It has my logo on the front. But the problem mm-hmm. is they eat them. They reach them and they chew them off because they hang down. Another problem is sometimes on the light colored dogs, the metal they use to attach them causes staining. So it sounds like you've improved on that. Yes. Yeah, and those are actually the reasons why I'm a product development professional, um, actually in the baby industry. And when we adopted uh, our dog, Milou, we were taking the collar off of him while inside the house because we didn't like the noise. And then he has white patches on him, and where his um, tags were, that's where he had black marks that were really difficult to get off. So I ended up setting out to solve my own problem because we went through uh, custom collars that are expensive, multiple different types of um, ways to silence the tags from DIY taping them to uh, pockets and um, the, the, the little bands that go over them. And we oh, I've seen all variations with... of the dogs coming to camp. <laughs> yeah. I've seen Ziploc bags. I've seen laminated together. I've seen all kinds of stuff. I, I didn't realize oh, this yeah. drove people 
uh, to distraction. It doesn't bother me. When I hear that clink, 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 I'm so used to dogs. I think it bothers me when I don't hear it. But I guess for a lot of people, your dog scratches himself or goes to take a drink and his tags clink against the bowl. That's them. I suppose that might disturb you. Actually, it, it does. And in some dogs that are um, uh, sensitive to sound, you'll mm-hmm. notice that they actually take their food out of their own bowl and put it somewhere else and eat it there. And then that becomes a big uh. habit of theirs. And we think that that's kind of unique. But what, what they're doing is they, they it's distracting them from eating their food when it's wow. clanking like that. You know, and it's interesting because some dogs, when you hold their collar out, if you take their collar off to give them a bath or something, you hold their collar out and they want it, which I always thought was really odd, you know. Shouldn't you hate this device that controls you? Nope, they love it. It smells like them. They want it. They want it back. You wash it and they want it back. Um, But other dogs don't want it at all, and I'm wondering if it's because of their tags. It's quite possible. And if you live in the city environment like I do in Hoboken, you can notice my neighbor has two dogs upstairs, and they don't have access to windows, but they can hear when a dog's walking down the street from the clinking, and they'll start barking, 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 barking before the dog gets here, bark, 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 until after they can hear the clinking of the tags. Wow. So, yeah. You know, that's, um, I wonder, though, like sometimes I hear that, too, the way the dogs will call that the mailman's coming, and, you know, dog at door number two calls, then door number four, then door number six, and door number... And they're basically telling each other, he's coming, he's coming, get ready, you know, all the way down the laneway. Um, I wonder how much of that is the clinking of the keys and the other things the guy's carrying. Could be a lot. Absolutely. Could be a big tip-off. That's so interesting. Because sometimes I think we forget how much dogs... We think about their nose because we're always being told about that and we see it in airports. We see the amazing things dogs can do with their noses. But what about their ears, right? I mean, it's they hear so much better than we do. Yes. And just imagine if we hear it, they're hearing it four to, what, four to six times louder than we do. So, yeah, it definitely... Yeah, I can imagine. I, I have this girlfriend <laughs> with some really loud children, and she's hard of hearing. She has two hearing aids. And sometimes we'll be in the middle of her living room, and the din, the kids are going on and on and on. And I'll say to her, don't you hear that? And she's... She'll say, oh, sorry, I turned my hearing aids down. But you did not. You turned those back up. If I got to hear your screaming kids, so do you. And I think, you know, dogs, they can't turn it down, can they? They're always hearing, hearing, hearing every little. Like when a person gets a hearing aid after they've lost hearing, and all of a sudden they can hear the cutlery that they didn't hear. And they, What's that clinking, they ask you. What's that? What's that? Dog's probably really annoyed a lot by his own tags on his own neck. Oh, I totally get this. Okay, so where can people get a Twigo tag? Um, the easiest place to find where we're located is go to www.twigotags.com, and um, we have a retail location, re- retail locator map. You just put in your zip code, and it'll come up with um, the closest, nearest store to you. How else you can shop on our website or on Amazon.com. Yeah, and it's available to everybody in North America, Canada, and the USA. And um, I think that sounds like a great idea. You just you just write that the tag perfect. the way you want it. It's great. Thank Absolutely. you very much for coming, Janine. <laughs> no, thank you very much, Deb.
Appreciate okay, it. everyone. So we've got a big show. Our next guest is Christine Kleiman. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to go to a little break and we'll be back. And did you know that dogs and cats are right and left pod like we are? I bet you didn't know that. It's true. Yeah. Test your dog. Test your cat. It's pretty cool to figure it out. All right. So stay tuned with me on Smart Animal Talk. All of us catch on radio. We'll be back. I'm your doggy. I'm your doggy. And I love you. Smart Animal Talk on All Paws Pet Talk Radio with me, Deborah Wolf, up at Camp Good Dog. And as you all know, I can tell you know because you keep emailing me and messaging me, asking me for pictures of my puppies. Well, just go to Facebook, Camp Good Dog. You can see the puppies. There's so many, so many pictures of our seven standard poodle puppies. And the first are going to go to their homes on Saturday. So you got to look now to see all seven, seven little apricot red-headed faces doing their thing out there in the barn with their mom. So, um, yeah, limited time only. Check it out on Facebook. Or you can just find all my stuff at DebraWolfOnline.com. DebraWolfOnline.com. Including old shows from, from All Paws Pet Talk Radio. The ones I love the most. All right, so we're here with Jean-Pierre. Yes, Jean-Pierre, not Jean-Pierre. No way, Jean-Pierre. And he's from Animal Awareness, AnimalAwareness.com. And we're going to talk about massage. Welcome to the show, Jean-Pierre. Hey, thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's good to have you. So please, tell us about massage and massage awareness. Well, um, the company is named Massage Awareness and also Animal Awareness. So two different companies. However, they work in the same way to promote the benefit of massage. Uh, dogs, like people, share the same physiological characteristic. So the same benefit of relaxation, of increased circulation, both blood and lymphatic, so good oxygenation, nutrition, and removal of toxins, all that benefit the dog, especially the active dog. So when it comes to agility, search and rescue, fly ball, and all kind of other activities, those dogs really can use a good massage. What about the other end of the spectrum, the dogs with uh, chronic pain? Definitely. So there is different, uh, you know, massage is a bit like a menu when you go to the restaurant. You can have relaxation light massage. You can have more therapeutic massage. You can have sport massage. You can have myofacial relief. You can have lymph drainage. So indeed, when it comes to the animal at home, especially the uh, elder animals or bedridden animals, they can benefit from a more therapeutic approach. Uh, the relaxation massage routine can be easily learned by anyone and applied on a daily basis. And that will really help the animal cope with whatever pain level they have. Beyond that, I would recommend people to get an education because once you start poking into the body, especially if there is uh, symptomatic changes, you want to be very careful not to interfere with the healing process. So um, when it comes to therapeutic massage, I would rather you have the advice of your veterinarian or for somebody who is right. well trained in massage, indeed. Okay, so that's for the ill pets. But for the sports injuries, the young adolescent dogs, maybe you just want to make your dog feel good after you've had a long workout, maybe. Uh, is, how is this different? Years and years ago, I took a class. Um, I was a student in the class. 
called um, Tea Touch with Linda Tellington Jones. Is this Indeed. is this related? Well, it, no, no. Uh, Tea Touch. Linda did an excellent job. Linda is a good friend. Just did an excellent job, like you say, years back to promote get people getting involved. And her Tea Touch was a very smart way to to get people involved. This is a bit more advanced. Massage, uh, the, the massage course I uh, provide are basically based on human massage course. There is sequences of uh, massage routines. So you have the regular stroking and then effleurage and kneadings and frictions and, uh, you know, uh, ringings, all kind of movements that are very powerful movements when properly applied. So this goes a little bit beyond. It's a more in-depth and have that much more benefits but also lasting benefits. Have um, you know when you say animal awareness? I see you've got two websites: massageawareness.com and animalawareness.com. What other animals are we talking about besides dogs? Well, I mean, the animal awareness is more for the lay person. There is a free library of articles for both canine massage and equine massage. I'm a very big lover of horses, and I live here in Wellington, Florida, because of the horse industry. Uh, you know, I would say about 60% of my clientele is uh, horses at this point in my life. Oh, okay. Well, I'd love to hear about that. So how, I mean, your hands are human hands. The horse has this big giant muscle right where his tail is, two of them, huge muscles. How do you, how do you get, get a massage? How do you give a, a horse therapy? Well, I agree with you. Those are impressive 1,500 pounds on average animals. However... They are very sensitive. They can feel a fly on their skin. So they yeah. respond very well to therapy. Uh, they are very aware of their body uh, um, forms and, and, and parts, and they do not have built-up stress. So they respond it's very much like massaging a child. They, they, they respond very well to the touch. So somebody who is very knowledgeable of the skeletal structure but also the muscle structure there is a technique called origin insertion. So you go stimulate the origin tendon, the insertion tendon, and that has a very beneficial uh, outcome of relaxing the central nervous system to cause the muscle to let go of the tension and relax completely. So animal... Where, where is that? Where, where would I... <laughs> like, is that between his... On the top of his nose, between his eyes? Where, where is this spot? You're oh, no, no, no. Origin insertion is for each individual muscle as an origin most likely oh. the spine, and then okay. it goes to insert on different parts of the body, on different bones, to cause different actions. So okay. you, you, have, you have about uh, 360 some muscles on the horse. However, about, you know, I would say 80 of them you want to focus on, especially for an animal in work, like all the hamstrings and the quads and the back muscles and the abs and the pec muscles and the neck muscles, the flexor extensors, all those big muscle groups that work hard for the jumps, for the dressage, for the polo, for whatever activity they do, those guys work hard. They are athletes, and they need maintenance. When you said um, horses don't have built-up stress, sort of like children, when you give a child a massage, you're not having to fight through, you know, 30 years back to the divorce and that sort of thing, that they're holding or they're not sort of stuck on their pain. But wouldn't a horse maybe have that same kind of trauma if it had had a, a brutal injury or an unkind owner, it couldn't, it couldn't Correct. also, no, no, oh, okay, no. okay, I was just wondering yes. about that, because dogs, yeah, most of the time they're in the moment, and they, when they're, when they're trusting, but it takes a while to get them there if they've had a bad life, 
you know? No, you're very right, Deb. You know, both horses like dogs, once they have been traumatized, they do put their defense up, and that is harder to get to. However, the relaxation massage routine that I teach everywhere on my site and, and, and my courses has a very beneficial outcome on the nervous system. So by stimulating the parasympathetic aspect of the central nervous system, you help animals release their emotion, their emotivity. So they no longer react to the emotion. So they never forget what happened, but they will not be reactive anymore when you touch them in those key areas. So as a rule, most horses are very relaxed and uh, happy-going people. Uh, sorry, I call them people because I respect them as people. Oh, that's so and nice. Okay, well, we have to go to break, but I want to let everybody know we're going to be talking about this exact thing when we come back. And I also I want to know some other things. I want to know if there is a magic spot on a horse, where is it? You know, most dogs like it behind the ears. There's certain spots a dog top of the head. You scratch under the chin. Not every dog's the same, but they've got their spots. So where's the horse? Where does he like to be touched, especially by a stranger when you first approach? Okay, so stay tuned. And I know we can't tell them now, Jean-Pierre. We have to have them okay. pull through okay, the commercial. Okay, well, we'll hold back. We're teasing them. All right. So I'm sure you know how to tease if you know how to train dogs and horses. You got to get them to earn the reward. Stay tuned and you'll earn your reward with Deb Wolf and Jean-Pierre after the break. I'm your doggy and I love you and you know that I need you too. Smart Animal Talk, All Paz Pet Talk Radio. And we're talking with Jean-Pierre. The websites to go to to check out what he's talking about, animalawareness.com and massageawareness.com. So Jean-Pierre was telling us before the break about how sometimes horses if they've or dogs, if they've had a bad time, trauma, pain, injury, a nasty owner, sometimes they build up a wall. And I think he was about to tell us how you get through that. But also, I asked him if there's a magic spot or spots on a horse where they'd like you to touch them. If you're a new person and you're approaching the horse, where's a good place to start? Seems like everyone goes to the bridge of the nose, but do they like that? Well, horses are uh, quite different than dogs. And uh, a horse that has been uh, traumatized, usually they're shy about their face. So mm. the, the, to me, the most important point will be the withers. When you look at a mare um, schooling her little foal, she will always nib on the withers. And afterwards, when you see horses communicating with each other, they always nib each other on the withers. So the wither seems to be the neutral point where you make a point of entry, you massage a little bit of the withers, and that calms the animal, and it becomes more receptive to communication. Now, okay, wait, 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 is the, can I just clarify, is the withers the part of the horse where the mane ends, and usually it's sort of where the saddle and the mane are about 10 inches, well, where it, the hair yeah, the runs? Okay. Can you explain for the listeners? Because yeah. I don't think they maybe know. Well, I mean, the wither is that part at the, at the base of the neck, before the back, and you're right, the saddles will stop at the withers. So if you go up the shoulders of the, of the horse, you come to the withers. And okay. that's the part you want to massage on both sides. And when you palpate that, you should feel the same muscle tone on either side. 
if one side is tighter than the other, that's already a strong indication of compensation on one side more than the others. Now, another big point that will count the animal if, we, if you friction that part is right in front of the sacrum. So now you go at the back of the horse, you go up the tail, the tail docks on the sacrum. The sacrum okay. is a big piece of bone that is about four or five fused vertebrae. So right in front of the sacrum, you have a little dip. And if you stimulate that, this is an acupuncture point called the by-way point, or by-way, by-way, depending on how you want to have your Chinese accent. But this is a very strong, powerful point that will release all energy in the harness. Now, remember, a horse has a very strong fear and a slight response to any stimulus. So the first thing he's going to do is jerk his hands to take off. So that part is always under stress. So by mm-hmm. stimulating that right white point in front of the sacrum will help him relax and let go of that anxiety that might be part of his uh, makeup at the moment you approach him. So popping in the withers first, massaging in front of the sacrum second will be the key to relaxing your animal very quickly. But on a dog, I... Um... That area to me is something I try to tell people when you're trying to get your dog to sit, do not press down on that area because you're actually, well, you can hurt him, but you're also giving him a, a wrong signal. If he likes you, he's going to push up against you. And if he doesn't like you, he's going to scoot out of the way. But it doesn't make him want to sit. I consider that part of the dog a fairly erogenous zone. And they don't really get touched there like that unless they're being mounted. So it's it's totally different in a horse, or is it? Am I getting this wrong about the dog? Yeah. No, no, you, you you're not wrong. What you say is very correct. However, when I say when I meant to friction uh, by friction, I didn't imply for you to use a heavy pressure. It's okay. more like of a gentle stimulation, and that will trigger a parasympathetic response. So that's why dogs love it that much more. Horses are a little bigger, and it takes a little longer to respond in that such a way. But it's not just an erogenous uh, response. It's, it's just a relaxing response. Now, oh, I see. Uh, okay. However, uh, if you were to be more aggressive with your pressure, that would, could be perceived as an aggressive move on your part, and the dog might respond differently. I meant to say a very gentle friction. Thank you for uh, catching that for me. It is a very sensitive area, and you want to use a light friction. In my massage course, I teach to always start massage with a very light pressure, and only when the animal shows you that he enjoys and appreciates that touch, then you can start increasing progressively your pressure to various other moves and and intent, depending on what your massage is going to be. But always start with a light pressure. I find dogs are pretty clear in their communication about this. When you rub a dog, if he likes it and wants it harder, he'll lean into you. If he wants it more gentle, he'll sort of lean away. But cats are trickier. Cats will let you do it too hard for them and then strike you in what seems like <laughs> an unpredictable. You know, why did he strike be- me? But the same yeah, cat... You've done that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I trained cats, I too. You. But but the same cat, if you if you pet him in the same way on a different occasion when he's forgiven you, if you pet him in a, you know, just with your fingertips instead of your whole hand or just, just lightly, lightly touching, he won't swat you at all. So I'm wondering, are people um, using the right pressure on horses? Like, how do you know what pressure with horses? Well, I mean, horses being bigger animals, for sure, you can use a, light, a, a, a firmer pressure. But by starting light, you will quickly see how the animal responds. And 
you know, some people, some horses, especially the Arabian breeds and crosses, uh, are that much more skin sensitive, thoroughbreds as well. And then after that, you go to horses who have like quarter horse and wamblers. They, ha- they usually enjoy a heavier pressure. But again, you have to deal on case per case. And horses will have a similar response than dogs. In other words, when they like it, they will lean into it. So at that point, okay. you can go a higher. But you don't need to go deep. Horses are very perceptive. And uh, if you do a smart approach of massage, you, you don't need to really go deep. The only time you're going to go deep is if there is a lot of scar tissue or deep-seated trigger points. But that's a, a more advanced technique that I would only you know, let professionals deal with, uh, not you know, people that don't really know what they do because they might cause more harm than good at that point. But <clears throat> massage should always perform lightly. It's, it's an enjoyment, and horses like it when it's done lightly. Okay, so when a dog likes it, Sometimes they moan, imitating their owners. You can always tell what their owners sound like by the way the dog sounds when he's in pleasure. But sometimes they moan, sometimes they roll around, sometimes they, they lick you back. They show you these very clear signs that they like what you're doing. If they don't like what you're doing, they try and get away from you. Very clear. Are horses as clear? Yes. Uh, for somebody who knows how to read a horse, oh yes. Uh, when you start massaging a spot a horse enjoys, he's going to stretch his neck forward and his upper lip is going to start to twist side oh. to side. It's a very definite look. And by the time you are frictioning a good spot, oh, man, they're going to be twisting the leg to the right and to the left, and they're going to you know, twist their lip as well. Now, sometimes they will lean into you. Meanwhile, if you start massaging a spot they don't like, the head goes up, ears go back, and they would move very quickly. They might even stand the foot down to show you that, whoa, you don't go there. And they're very uh, friendly that way. You know, horses uh, don't kick unless they have a reason to. Uh, most time, a horse kick as, as an attempt to stretch out the tension he feels in his hind. Uh, mean what about the ones who bite? I mean, I've seen this. People say, it's, "Oh, don't put the horse on that one." She bites every time you put her girth on her. He, what, what's that? They just don't want the saddle. They just don't want the bit. Well, no, I, I think that if if that horse in, in that particular case of, of girthing when, when you no know, reacting when you put a, uh, the girth on, that most likely is a horse is in pain. That means either a rib is out or some vertebrae uh, oh. are and every time you put that, you, you're causing him pain. So at that point, you should read that yes. as a bath off, let's see, let's get a chiropractor in or a massage therapist to evaluate and uh, see what it is because Yeah, people are really quick to say it's behavior, new. aren't they? Well, uh, sometimes people will use excuses when they don't know instead of investigating. Um, you know, usually horses are pre-compliant. Uh, you know, in that sense, they are, like dogs, very domesticated. They might not be as friendly as dogs on some uh, aspect mm-hmm. of their life, but they communicate well. So when a horse shows you he's in pain, he's in pain. You can, you can trust that. It's not just one. It, it's, when symptoms are consistent, then you know you have a problem. If one day he let you go, no problem. One day he's reacting. Yeah, that could be temperamental. Oh, I don't feel like working today. Go screw yourself. Sorry, excuse my French. But that's oh, could it be a habit it. though? Like like someone yes. once maybe he had an upset stomach once or some pain or whatever. But now he's figured out that if he's a pain, he gets ridden less. Or you know what I mean? Like a manipulative kind that, of a habit. That that Is could it, be. Then then you. That could then, be. Then okay, so oh, John Pierre, we've run out of time. I'm afraid. I would love to have okay. you come back someday if you're willing. 
Yes. Okay. Well, everybody, check him out, animalawareness.com and massageawareness.com. And if you have a horse that nips people when they put the girth on or the bridle or just is acting uncharacteristically and you're assuming it's a training problem, it might not be a training problem. It might be something really simple. And uh, Jean-Pierre can help you. So everyone, uh, we're going to say goodbye to Jean-Pierre. We'll have him back again. Send me your horse questions. We'll forward them to Jean-Pierre when he's on next. And thank you again. Cheers. Okay, everybody. Stay tuned. I'm your doggy. I'm your doggy. And I love you. to Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio, and I promised you a little bit of news, so here's some news, it's not exactly uh, headline news, but it's interesting, uh, animal waste, animal waste is not going to go to waste anymore, there are ways of making it into fuel, and it's being used to fly United Airlines jets from, let's see, where are they going, where's the poop run, it's from Los Angeles to San Francisco for the next two weeks, and they're going to be checking that out. Have I got an offer for them? Oh boy, the septic tank at my kennel is ready and waiting for United Airlines or anyone else who's interested in the poop from my kennel. You are welcome to it. Okay, so I'm glad they're coming up with new ways to use that. And people sometimes make pet owners feel guilty for feeding their pets meat or meat products or for the space on the earth they're taking up, the global footprint, the cat litter. There's so many things to feel guilty about. At least, at least maybe... The poop will fuel planes, and uh, we won't be depleting our fossil fuels so much. We'll be using our canine and feline fuels, I guess. So right now we've got Mother Earth Pet featured on the show, and with us now is Christine Kleiman. Welcome to the show, Christine. Well, thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. That's nice to have you. So, okay, tell us about your products. I think you're brand new for our listeners. So what would you like them to know? Um, I make a supplement. It's a superfood supplement, and it's it's for both dogs and cats. They both can eat it. And, um, yeah, I've been doing it for, well, selling it for three and a half years, but making it for much, much longer. It sounds like you're from Germany. Are you from Germany? I am. I grew up in Germany. <laughs> I'm yes, kind of good I at can. accents. So did you yeah. it there? Did you learn it there? What, what prompted you to figure this all out? Because, I mean, I, I remember traveling in Germany and people were, 20, 30 years ago, they were into uh, pure ingredients, whole ingredients, no dyes, no colors, yogurt for breakfast. I remember <laughs> looking at them like, when is this coming to North America? This is awesome. Look at these healthy people. So is it that is. where you got this from? The inspiration? Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I grew up with a mother who was very holistically oriented. And so health health and longevity was always one of my passions and ever since I can remember and the other passion of mine is animals and um, so it, it just made sense to put those two together at some point and um, you know I've been making my own supplements and my animal supplements for a very long time until I realized that um, my the supplement that I'm now selling 
it worked so well on my my dog that at 14 years old she was still she was a big dog and she went still for 12 mile hikes and jumped in the back of my car and had bright white teeth and and so what I kind thought, of wow, dog this... was she what, what kind of she dog was... was this 14 year old marathon runner she was an Australian Shepherd mix. She was about oh, 55 pounds. Okay. You know, they're very long-lived, right? They are very, they, and they very are. active. Okay, okay. But still, it's impressive that she could do all those things. I mean, most yeah. labs, golden German Shepherds, they'd be gone by then. But an Australian Shepherd, yeah, they, I've seen quite a few of them look pretty perky and active at that age. Not usually jumping into cars, though. That's well, true. not going 12 for twelve-mile hikes either. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, that is a lot. That, that is a lot when you think yeah. about it. Um, okay, so, but uh, what other dogs have you uh, had good success with your products? Um, well, I've been, you know, since I've been selling it, I've been. I hear every day pretty much the results of of adding that to to the pet diet, and it's it's wonderful. I mean the the it's pretty much there's nothing what it doesn't do, what it doesn't improve on the animal. Well, the, the first one, the Australian Shepherd, was an example of, mm -hmm. um, of uh, getting uh, more life and endurance out of an older dog. What other kinds of, I meant to ask, what other kinds of uh, dog problems does it address? Is it skin problems? Is it energy? You know, like what, what types of issues have you helped with? Well, everything, since it is designed to improve overall health. And you know, to, to, to bring nutri nutrients to the animal that they most likely don't get and would ever get in, with the nutrition. Once that, that extra, those extra nutrients are added to the diet, they, everything improves. Um, the most striking difference you see at, right from the start is that the animal seems happier because they feel better in their skin. Uh, the energy level goes up. The next thing you will notice that the fur is completely changing. It gets very soft, very shiny. They, they, the shedding goes down, way, way down. Um, and skin rashes, hot spots clear up. Arthritic conditions um, are improved. Digestion is better. I mean, really, there's pretty much nothing nothing it won't help with because, you know, once the body is, is provided with essential nutrients, it can fix and heal itself in, in a lot of ways. What kind of nutrients are in these products that I, I kind of caught the fact that you just said the dog would never otherwise get? Uh, what kind of nutrients? Well, I, it's, I call it a superfood supplement because... Um, it's mostly superfoods that I have in my supplement, and superfoods are defined as foods that are extremely nutrient-dense, so that a small amount has an amazing amount of nutrients. So what I have in my food supplement is chia seeds, nutritional yeast, lecithin, chlorella, and spirulina, which are pretty much the superfoods of superfoods, very expensive ingredients, but extremely powerful. Then there is kelp, it's the certain kelp that keeps the teeth white and the breath fresh, removes pluck and tartar. Then I have a calcium source, a, source, a calcified seaweed product that provides calcium. Then I add a certain clay that is um, 
you know, animals used to eat off the ground and they used to eat a little bit of dirt and there's a lot of trace minerals in the in the earth that they actually need and I haven't seen that in other supplements added to it. And then I Do you know what? I want to talk about that for just a second. Mm -hmm. I breed yeah. dogs, and right now I have a standard poodle who's just had a litter, and her diet changes completely. This is her last litter, so I've bred her for years. Her diet changes completely when she's pregnant, uh, nursing, and, and going through the whole uh, making puppies. And one of the things she eats that she doesn't eat any other time is dirt. She goes into yeah. my my potted plants outside on the balcony she <laughs> sticks her nose in and she eats dirt you know and it's it's like yeah. it, and she eats bananas that's the other thing she can't get enough of when she's pregnant or nursing that she wouldn't even look at the rest of the year you know it's that really interesting. interesting how they know how they just crave it and they go for it we only and have a minute left before we have to go to break but we're coming back okay. so don't worry we're going to talk more about these products and the amazing ingredients and results you can get uh, okay. but I just want to tell you if you want to check us out on the commercial break Go to MotherEarthPet.com. MotherEarthPet.com. So are these for cats as well, Christine? Yes, it's actually for both. Equally good. It's, uh, and which is funny, they love it, which is you know, great for me. They, like you said, your pregnant dog is drawn to this you know, certain kind of food. Um, the more finicky the animal is, the more likely it is that they will love my supplements. Wow. Okay, so you heard it. If you have a dog or cat that's hard to please or has <laughs> not the best coat or maybe not as much energy as you think they should or maybe stinky breath, then you should be checking it out. So we'll be back in 30 seconds to talk more about this. Check out MotherEarthPet.com. In the meantime, from me, Deb Wolf, at Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Stay tuned. Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio, and we're talking about supplements and animal health, dogs and cats in particular, and uh, during the break, we just got off on an interesting topic, flaxseed. You hear about everybody going gluten-free. Well, about 10 years ago, everybody was trying to get flax in everything. Flax, 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 flax. The only thing I've ever liked with flaxseed is Red River cereal. Everything else kind of, I don't know, it seems to go right through you, but maybe flax is the wonder cure. I don't know if it's been sitting in your cupboard for a year in a Ziploc bag like our sound engineer. Should he chuck it? Is it even good for chickens? What do you think, Christine? Is flax uh, a great solution or is there something better? Well, flax seeds are wonderful, but you have to know that flaxseed oil is the most unstable vegetable oil in the world. It will start to get rancid and oxidized after just a few minutes exposed to light and oxygen. It will, um, after 20 minutes, half an hour, it becomes toxic to the body. It's not only not bringing any good things to your body anymore, it's actually making it hard on the body because it needs to expel the toxins that have been produced by oxidation. 
So flax seeds, yes, but you have to grind them up yourself. You have to store them in the refrigerator, grind them up yourself, and consume them right away. And the same is true for humans as it is for for pets. And and I just don't understand why every single pet food and pet supplement and pet treat has ground up flax seeds in there. It is completely beyond me. You open up one of those bags, and you I am repelled by the by the by the scent. I mean, it's just. It's, it's, it's like the gluten, horrible. it's like the sign at the supermarket that says gluten-free apples. You know, of course the <laughs> apples are gluten-free. Like, come on. But, you know, it's just, the, this is what sells. You know, they know we're looking to be healthy. They know we've got, like, key yeah. buzzwords and key ingredients. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think flax seed is, is overrated. Not... What about chia yeah. seeds? Are they better for you? Absolutely. Chia seeds can be absorbed without being ground up. They are shelf-stable for years and years. Um, they don't even have to be stored in the refrigerator. They actually have more omega-3 fatty, fatty acids than flax seeds, a huge amount of antioxidants, fiber, and complete protein. And, I mean, they are called one of the superfoods. You know, it's, it's what everybody has right, right now, chia seeds. Where, but they where do are you get chia wonderful. seeds? Can you, can you just get them in at the, the grocery store? Uh, yeah, most of them. It's... it's so popular now that you can probably get them in most places, definitely in health food stores, uh, online. Um, yeah, okay, what form? Are they in, are, are they in different seeds. forms? Are they dried but other forms too? Like how do you get your chia seeds? And, and well, I guess we get your products if we want to give them to yeah. our pets, right? <laughs> that, would be good. that would be the easiest way. <laughs> okay. Well, they, there's, there's, there's white chia seeds and black chia seeds, and they're very similar in, in benefits. So, yeah, if if you really wanted to add omega three fatty acids, which is a good idea, use chia seeds instead, or grind up your flax seeds right away and use them. But but I don't think anybody will do that. So chia seeds is the way to go for sure. Okay, so if you've got a dog or a cat that has itchy, scratchy patches, bad breath, lethargic, not just lost their get up and go. What else? What else might uh, your products help with? Well, I've heard from animals that have been on anti-inflammatories for their joints for three years, and after two weeks on my product, they were able to, you know, go do the round with the young dogs again. You know, they're taken off the off the medication. Um, I, I I sometimes see um, where I live animals before and after, and and there is especially one incident where. I cannot tell the story without starting to cry. It is so moving how, what the before and after, the difference. I didn't recognize the dog. It was just absolutely wonderful. And I hear about it every day. Okay, so that dog, was that in Ashland, Oregon, where you live? It was. And what was was. wrong with him when he showed up? It was an old, big old dog, very fluffy. It had, it kind of was dragging itself with dull eyes, dull fur, Oh. And I usually tr- not don't try to convince people of my product. I'm maybe not that good a business person as I should be, but I almost forced my product on this woman, and and she did agree to use it. And I didn't see her or the dog for two months. And then at one, one day, I I saw this beautiful dog bouncing around with his shiny fur, just flowing in the wind, and bright eyes, and just happy and jumping around. And I. I did not make the connection, and then I looked at the owner, and I st- 
stopped for a second and I thought, huh. And then I looked back to the dog and then back to the owner. And this is the moment where I usually cry. <laughs> the woman nice. she just but beamed at me and she said, I said, is this the same dog? And she, she just shook and she said, yes. And she said, you, sh- you should see my cat at home. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole family got a little injection of vitality. That's great. Yes. Because, you know, wonderful. I think sometimes our pets... Sometimes they're sluggish because they're bored and they're, when they're not getting enough attention and stimulation and entertainment mm-hmm. and exercise. But sometimes is it food just isn't giving them what they need, you know, especially well, if you yeah. eat the same thing. You raised an important point when you talked about um, why does everything have flaxseed. One thing I like to do with people is try and get them to look at the ingredients on the back of their favorite dog food. And if you see something on there, like eggs or cottage cheese or something like that, that you have in your fridge, then it's okay to give your dog that thing instead of giving it the dehydrated, treated version of that in food that could last in space, right? And I think people Mm -hmm. underestimate how much a dog enjoys fresh food, you know? And And, and and they need it. They absolutely need it. You know, the commercial pet food as convenient as it is, and it is very convenient, but it, it is extremely processed food. And, you know, an animal will do okay for a few, for a little bit of time, maybe even some years, but then the, the lack of nutrients will show itself in all different kinds of diseases. And, and, you know, any, even the really good pet food, the very expensive pet food with great ingredients, by definition, it has to be very processed and very much dead to be able to live on the shelf for years, which they have to be able to do by law. So you have to add some kind of life food to it, and this is well. And I then you get supplement. you get them, some of the alternative foods don't have those chemicals. But if you open the bag, you got to use it in three days. If it sits in the sun, you're in trouble. You know, then there's a whole mm-hmm. other slew of problems with them. <laughs> You know, the, I was interested, the other day I was noticing how blueberries, you were saying flax, flax, flax on every pet food bag. Well, I've noticed right. blueberries is making the big debut on every pet food yeah, bag. that's true. But that that, that's true. something I kind of agree with. Just recently at Camp Good Dog, we had two or three dogs get tummy aches and diarrhea unexplainedly until we watched and monitored them the, the next day. And they were sneaking into the blackberry patches and eating blackberries, too many blackberries. <laughs> so I think dogs love berries. They do. There's no question. Love, dogs love berries. <laughs> yes, it's just, just please you know, feed some food to the animal. Try, you can try any, any you know, a lot, most vegetables, most fruits, except for grapes. And yeah, not grapes, not raisins, not, not chocolate. Not but pretty much most things. other things, and you can go online and check out a comprehensive list. But right. uh, if you see it on the back of the dog food bag, a good one, then it's safe. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us. I hope people will look up MotherEarthPet.com and start their pets on a, on a road to wellness with some of your uh, extras. Because maybe they're yeah. guilty and they don't want to switch their food. They want to stick with the convenient one. So right. now, you know, boost it up a bit. Go for MotherEarthPet.com and give your pet what it's missing. Exactly. The, your pet will be forever grateful. Nice. Well, thank you very much. It's been lovely mm-hmm. having you, Christine. Thank I wish you I could much. get to the Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, Oregon and meet you this summer, but I think I'll be busy here with the dogs <laughs> at Camp Good Dog. So enjoy well, the summer. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, she's calling from somewhere I'd really like to go to, everybody. Oh, well, here I am at Camp Good Dog, which is paradise right now. It's a heat wave. We've got the pond full with the spring, and the dogs are enjoying swimming every day. If you want to check them out, DebraWolfOnline.com. There's links to everything there, including some of these shows. So until next week, from me, Deb Wolf, and Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk, be good to your animals. And anytime you're near.